Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Daily Churn. This is episode 21, and today's episode is going to be a recap of all the things I churned in February. And I hope you guys are ready because February turned into a pretty big and busy month in terms of just the sheer volume of accounts that I opened. Uh, I went super hard on on banks because I've been kind of falling behind on that in January and December where I sort of slacked off a bit and, and didn't open as many accounts. So I was playing catch up there. Then there were a couple pretty interesting brokerage opportunities that came up, one of which was a way to easily put $5,000 of spend on a credit card, which since I'm in two-player mode with my wife, that was $10,000 of spend that was super easy to do from your couch. And I ended up opening another credit card just to use that free spend on. And that is still alive as of me recording this on a Friday afternoon. So I'll touch on that as well, along with a bunch of just miscellaneous churns ranging from the good old meal kits to visible to cashback sites. So yeah, really a little bit of everything this week. And if you're new to the podcast, don't worry, you don't need to write any of this stuff down. All the links and things that I mentioned are going to be posted on the daily podcast.com. Or if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you should have received that in your email already. But yeah, this is going to be a, a pretty beefy one. So let's dive in, starting with banks. This is probably the area that I went hardest on in February, just opening up every account that seemed good. And I was using Dr. Credit's list of best bank bonuses to kind of just filter through which ones made the most sense, because it is a pretty long list that he posts. And not all of them are going to work for you depending on your unique scenarios. So for me, I tend to go for the ones that are on the higher end when it comes to bonuses, either as just like a single bonus or because I am in multiplayer mode with my wife. Ones that have a good referral bonus works out well too, because I can then just refer my P2 and we sort of increase the bonus that way. So those are like the high level filterings that I do. And then, of course, it's like getting into each one and reading the comments and trying to figure out if the data points make it seem like this bonus is going to be easy or hard. Because sometimes even when the requirements seem easy, it ends up being a pain in the ass or vice versa. The requirements seem hard, but actually ends up being really easy. And so this was sort of the list that I, I settled on. And I think for now, this is like a pretty comprehensive list of every bank bonus that I would personally tackle right now, not counting, of course, the ones that I've already done on the previous episodes. So starting with the more traditional banks, and then I'll, I'll move on to some of the, the thin techie kind of apps, um, because the real banks, they tend to be more checks sensitive. If you're not familiar with checks, it's sort of like a credit report, but for banks. And so the sensitive ones don't want to see you opening up like 10 new bank accounts. And so I try and tackle those ones first, the ones that are more sensitive, before they see me open all the other ones. So first one is PSE Credit Union. I think it's like Pennsylvania State Employees Credit Union. And they are fairly check sensitive, at least from the data points I read. So I did that one first. It was a $250 bonus for depositing $200. And you're supposed to do that for six months. However, they post that $250 as soon as that $200 hits. And it seems like a variety of banks will trigger it. So it doesn't even have to be an employer payroll. I used my Capital One to transfer $200 in. 
And the day after my Capital One deposit hit, I got the 250 in my account. And in theory, I'm supposed to continue this deposit for the next six months. I'm debating whether or not to do it. I mean, there's always the chance they claw back. So the safer option would be to continue, but it is a bit of a hassle. So, you know, kind of your own call on how comfortable you are with that. But the biggest thing to keep in mind with PSE is that they are just really slow to approve your application. I think they're just a really small credit union and very backlogged. And so it took a full two weeks for them to review and approve my application, which is a little annoying if you're trying to refer your P2 because you can't get your referral link until you're approved. And even after you're approved, it takes about a day or two for your referral link to populate on their dedicated referral site. Like it just takes some time, I guess, for their database to update. And so it wasn't until late February before I could refer my wife to the account because for referring, you get a $50 bonus. But other than the slow application process, it is a super easy bonus to hit. I mean, it's like send $200 in from one of your other banks and they'll give you $250. And if you're in multiplayer mode, it's $300 because you can then refer your P2. So overall, really recommend this one. I mean, another bonus, I guess, is you can fund it with $100 using a credit card. So slowly chip away at at your spend, but there's definitely better accounts for for credit card funding, which we'll get into next. So after PSE, I opened Affinity Credit Union. And Affinity, the data points seem like they're also potentially check sensitive. So that's why I did that one second. And Affinity is nice because even though the bonus isn't mind-blowing, it's $150 for signing up and depositing $500 for three months from an employer. So the way I'm doing it is I'm just using Square because the data points seemed a little all over the place as to whether or not a bank would work and I didn't want to risk it. And Square is always pretty reliable because even if they don't automatically classify Square as an employer, you can always then contact them and be like, hey, my Square payroll really is payroll and you know, here's the proof, etc. And I've always been able to have that manually credited. So doing Square for three months at $500 each month for the $150 bonus times two for my wife and I. And, you know, it's an okay bonus, but the nice part is they'll let you fund the account with $1,000 using a credit card. So another really easy way to meet spend because between my P2 and I, that's another 2K of spend that we were able to knock off the VentureX card that we've been working on. Then we did First Tech Credit Union, which was a pretty decent bonus. It's $300, so hopefully between the two of us, that's going to be $600. But the main things to keep in mind with First Tech was that the app also takes a little while to get approved. For me, it took about a week. Uh, Mine actually just got approved last week. And my wife's, they wanted more information. So after about a week, they sent her a follow-up asking for her license, social security card, and a bank statement or utility bill. But the frustrating thing is they want the front and back of the license and the social security card. And so what we tend to do is we keep, you know, we use Google Photos and we have our driver's license and social security card there, but I didn't have the back of my social security card. Like I've never had to take a photo of that before. And so had to kind of just dig that up from the basement and and upload all of that. But I'm not expecting any issues. So I'll update next month if they deny us for some reason. But my account was approved. My wife's for some reason 
was flagged for this extra review. But in terms of the requirements to get the bonus, it's a little cumbersome, but not too bad. It's always just kind of a, a balancing act between how much the bonus versus how much the amount of effort is. And it sounds like a lot on paper, but it's, I think, pretty reasonable for $300. So what they want you to do is they want you to send or withdraw $1,000 via ACH each month. And so that's nice because they're not actually looking for an employer direct deposit. ACH can be from any of your banks. So you can just use, you know, Ally or Chase and just send yourself $1,000 each month. They also want you to spend $500 on your debit card over 20 transactions each month. And so the 20 transactions part is easy because, you know, Amazon reloads. The $500 spend is a little annoying if they exclude apps like Cash App or reloading your PayPal or reloading your Google Pay or something like that. It's not clear though, because it is a pretty new bonus. There's no data points on whether or not Cash App and Google Pay and stuff like that will work. My hope is that it does. And I, I'm planning on using like a Google Pay reload of $500 plus like 19 Amazon reload transactions each month to meet those qualifications. And you have to do that for the first four months after opening your account. But the first month in their terms says that it's automatically qualified. So you actually only need to do it for the following three months after the month of you opening the account. So yeah, a little tedious in terms of all these little things to track. But if you don't mind or you don't struggle with tracking things, it's actually like pretty straightforward for $300. Then we also did Fairwinds, I think also a credit union. Uh, their offer is $100 for signing up and $100 for the person referring you. So by itself, not a great bonus, but if you're in multiplayer mode, that's $100 for you, $100 for you again when you refer your P2, and $100 for your P2. So $300 total for us. Again, I just used a link off of Doctor of Credit's referral thread for that, and requirements are also super easy. So I think it totally justifies the $100 slash $300 for two-player mode, because all you need to do is deposit $200 within 45 days of opening the account. And there are some reports saying that like Google Pay triggered it, just depositing $200 from your Google Pay account. So I'm in the process of trying that and uh, I will report back next month if that triggered it. It sounds like their bonuses post on the 15th of each month. So yeah, I should know hopefully in a, a week or two. Then next we have Monify, which is sort of the transition point, I think, between traditional banks to fintech banks, because I'm not really sure if Monify is like trying to be a fintech bank or they are a fintech bank or they're just a normal crappy bank because they make you sign up using the app. Like you can't sign up on their website, but their app is just completely atrocious, as is their website. So they're like credit union style in terms of how poor the user experience is, but also fintechy in terms of forcing you to use an app. So it's really the worst of both worlds. But the bonus is nice. And honestly, I've been trying to get the Monify bonus for probably a good year or so now because I keep getting denied. So potentially, yeah, they are, I think, check sensitive. Both my wife and I were getting denied, which isn't surprising because we, we open the same kinds of accounts. But this go around, we were both approved. So it's a $250 bonus. All you have to do is deposit $1,000 twice within 90 days. And it does need to be from an employer. 
And the data points were kind of iffy on whether or not a fake payroll, like just transferring from another bank would work. So again, to be safe, I'm using Square to send $1,000 twice. Super easy in, in that sense. And there was also an added bonus, which is they emailed me after my first deposit saying that if you create a savings goal, we'll deposit another $25. And a savings goal is literally just a feature of their app where you go in and you set a goal and put $25 in there and they'll give you $25. And so I did that and that $25 posted like the day after. So that's uh, $25 towards the bank bonus tally for February for Monify. Okay, now we're moving into just truly fintechy app-based banks. First one being Albert. And I was interested in Albert because it is a really fatty referral. So great if you're in multiplayer mode because it's $150 for signing up and both you and the referrer gets $150. So if you're in P1, P2 mode, that's $150 plus $150 plus you referring your P2 for another $150. So $450 for an app, which is pretty high. Usually I haven't, I don't think I've seen fintech app referrals at $150 before. So that's that's pretty high. And the requirements are a little tedious again, but I think the 150 justifies it. It's they want $200 of employer direct deposit, plus you spend $100 on their debit card for three months. And apparently they are quite strict in terms of what qualifies as, as a direct deposit. So potentially because they're probably a small fintech app, they may actually have someone reviewing it. So we're using Square again on this to be super safe. But hopefully, you know, if you have an employer who can split your payroll across multiple banks to deposit on, then it becomes pretty trivial. Or I would just recommend using Square. But yeah, overall, I think it's not too bad. The $100 spend, I plan on just using Amazon to do reloads and just making it a little bit more organic, like reloading Amazon with $101.43 to make it look like a purchase instead of uh, just doing a straight $100 for three months. There was also Current Bank, which, by the way, Current is like a terrible name to name your bank because it's almost impossible to Google this. Even going on Doctor of Credit to look up like comments for Current Bank is annoying because you type in the search Current Bank and you don't get the post about the bank called Current. You get the post about the current bank bonuses and stuff like that. And so... Anyways, whoever, whoever decided to name their bank current, you know, poor, poor decisions. But anyways, the bonus is sort of not as interesting as some of the other things that you get through current. And what I mean by that is, first off, the main part of the bonus comes through Swagbucks or MyPoints, which if you've dealt with Swagbucks or MyPoints before, it's like a crapshoot on whether or not your points will actually post. So if they post, Great. I think it's 20K my points and 12K swag bucks, which equates to about $120. But there's data points of people getting it posted easily, automatically, other data points of people not getting it posted, some people requesting it manually. And my experience with requesting points manually on swag bucks has been pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a crapshoot in that sense. But the added incentive is that right now, current themselves, is also offering a $50 bonus if you enter the promo code WELCOME50. And you do that after you sign up. And that's also another confusing thing is you sign up first using your link from Swagbucks or MyPoints so that it tracks properly. And once your account's been approved and opened, 
then you enter these promo codes. And that's sort of where it gets interesting because there's also a bunch of other promo codes from Current that you can enter. They'll let you enter many, many promo codes. And I guess Current is a bank for tweens because it seems like they're working with a guy called Mr. Beast, who I'm told is a very popular YouTuber, specifically for tweens, for like young kids. And I guess they're promoting really heavily with Mr. Beast because there are these Mr. Beast codes that will get you things. And specifically, there's three codes. And don't worry, this stuff is all going to be on the website or in the newsletter. So you don't have to remember these codes. But Beast Hunt, Beast Bank, and Beast. So you just enter those three additional promo codes after you sign up. And each of those codes will give you a dollar into your account for free, which is whatever. But one of them, and I don't know which one it is, will give you free premium for life. And what premium is with current is, I guess you can pay a monthly premium fee, which gives you access to a premium feature, which is 4% interest on things they call savings pods, which is just really a savings account. And these pods have a 2K maximum of how much you can put in, but you can open three of those pods. And so if you have premium, you can have up to $6,000 at current earning 4% interest, which is really high. I mean, that's higher than like H.M. Bradley. And so if you're in P1P2 mode, that's 6K times two. So in our case, we are putting $12,000 into current and earning 4% interest. And usually you have to pay for, I guess, the privilege of getting that 4% interest. But by entering these Mr. Beast codes, Part of his promo is that he's giving out free premium for life. And it's not super clear if only some people get free premium for life or everyone gets it. Both my wife and I got it by entering these codes. It sounds like most people on DOC are getting it by entering these codes. And so that alone is sort of interesting and kind of worth it. Then you add in the $50 bonus from Currents and then the potential $120 bonus from Swagbucks or MyPoints. And the whole thing becomes like, much more interesting. And in terms of like how you get the bonus part of it, you have to deposit $200 from an employer. And the data points are kind of mixed on what will qualify for the 200. So current does a thing where after it receives the deposit, it will mark it with like a tag. And I was hoping to see a tag of direct deposit, but none of the things I tried triggered that tag. So like I tried Ally for $200. It got marked as P2P, which is definitely not good because that's person to person and they want an employer deposit. So then I tried Charles Schwab brokerage, which I saw a couple of data points as potentially being an okay one to use, but that got marked as MoneyLink. Um, then I tried Discover Savings and that also got marked with some random tag. I don't even remember what it was now. And so just to be safe, I'm using Square as my fourth attempt to trigger this $200. And it seems like I've already triggered a $200 because you get this like screen that says, hey, we've received $200 from your employer, but I did this, you know, two, three weeks ago and I haven't received the bonus yet. And the data points make it seem like you'll receive the $50 bonus from current within a week. And that hasn't happened for me. So now I'm just switching to Square to be safe because if I have to file a ticket with Swagbucks or my points, I want to be able to screenshot that real payroll actually came through instead of trying to justify why I should have gotten 
their bonus for making a deposit from like Discover or Charles Schwab. So anyways, that's where I'm at with current. But even if the swag bucks and stuff doesn't post, the 4% for $6,000 is is sort of almost worth it just by itself. But, you know, again, your mileage may vary. Then next on the fintech train, we have Chime, which is another one of those app banks. And Chime's been around for a while. You know, it's made its rounds on swag bucks and my points and drop, I think, for over a year now. And I've been avoiding this one like the plague because the comments for the longest time have been pretty terrible in terms of it actually tracking on any of these like cashback sites. But it is a pretty massive bonus though. They're offering now and they keep upping it. I think it's at 25K swag bucks or 44K my points, which equates to like $250 to $290 for opening an account and direct depositing $100. So the requirements are just insanely easy and it's a ton of money but maybe because they don't really pay out any of it so they could put this as five thousand dollars and it wouldn't matter if they never pay any of it out so that's why i've been avoiding it but the comments recently seem more positive anyways than they used to be in terms of people actually getting it so i figured i'd try it and and just you know be the guinea pig and and let you guys know in a month or two if i get the bonus Um, One interesting thing, though, is if you are in multiplayer mode, P1 can refer P2 and you each get $100. So that ends up being $200, but it's directly through Chime instead of being through a third party cashback site. So I'm, I'm considering actually having P2 just be referred by me for a guaranteed $200 versus a potential maybe, but probably not $290 through my points. So... Yeah, still kind of debating between those two options. But yeah, that bonus has been around for a while and it's probably going to be around for a while longer. So if you want to wait and see what happens with mine, um, definitely feel free and I'll, I'll report back. Speaking of just expirations on offers, a lot of these do expire at the end of March, but it's always kind of iffy as to whether or not they really do expire. Like a lot of these were set to expire at the end of February but have since been extended through the end of March. So I'll do my best to try and keep that list up to date on my website. But always, I think, just check Doctor of Credit to see when these things actually are set to expire. And if one of these does sound interesting and you want to do it, it's probably better to do it sooner rather than than later. All right, back on track with bank bonuses. Hopefully you're you're still keeping up and, and still with me here. This is the, actually the, the last one. Of the bank bonuses that I tackled in February and this one was a traditional bank and it was a business account and it was a massive bonus. It was $1,000 for depositing $20,000 and you could cycle and what cycling means is you could deposit $5,000, take $5,000 out then deposit $5,000 again and just do that four times so that you've deposited cumulatively $20,000 over those 60 days. And they allow that. And it doesn't need to be from an employer. So you could just do that from like your Ally or Chase account and just have it scheduled to go in and out. So the way we did it was we transferred 10,000 in from Ally, 10,000 out back to Ally, 10,000 back in from Ally and transferred it back out and left like $100 or so in there to cover the fees because the fees are sort of the downside of this, which is the account that you need to open has a pretty hefty $30 monthly fee. But it sounds like the bonus takes about 90 days to post. And after that, you can downgrade your account. 
So you're paying like $90 for a $1,000 bonus, which is a pretty amazing bonus. I mean, the last time there was a bonus this large was the Chase business checking account that we did a few months back. And so this is $1,000, which is even more and being able to cycle and not even having to keep your money in there. So you can just send that money back right into, you know, another high interest earning account is pretty good. Just a couple of things to keep in mind, though, with Huntington, which is that the application process for the business account is very in-depth. I mean, I think it was actually more in-depth than the Chase one. Like we had to upload all kinds of documents. They really got into the minutia of the business. And so this seems to be one of the ones where it would help to actually have a real business to get approved. The other thing too, which is a positive thing, is that from the comments, it sounds like Huntington, not just their business account, but Huntington as a whole, their bonuses are very churnable. So pretty much you open your account, get the bonus, meet the requirements, close your account, and 12 months later, you can rinse and repeat and do it again. And so given the size of these bonuses, um, we definitely hope to do that again next year. And I think Huntington right now has a couple checking account bonuses too. I haven't had time to look into that, but that's probably something I'm going to do next in March. All right. So that was it for bank accounts in February. I'm just counting up all of the accounts that were open. And it looks like there were in total 16 separate bank accounts that I opened. And I'm not even done referring my P2 to everything that I opened yet. So I'll be continuing that process in March. And I guess it's the word of, I don't know, advice or caution when opening these accounts is that you have to be pretty comfortable tracking a ton of stuff. Like I'm, I'm using a spreadsheet that's tracking when to verify my trial deposits so I can send money in and out, when these recurring deposits need to happen, for how many months, for how much money, from which banks, whether it needs to be an employer account or a personal bank will work, what some of the spend requirements are, because some of these you have to spend money on the debit card. All of that stuff. I mean, I even set up two separate contractors in Square. Usually I just use one contractor in Square Payroll because it only costs you $5 and you can just change the contractor's bank account to do each payment. So you don't need multiple contractors, but because there's so many accounts and requirements in motion, I just set up two separate contractors and I'll end up paying $10 because it's $5 per contractor. That way I could have two contractors running employer payroll at the same time so that I'm not waiting for one to finish before I can start another one. Yeah, it's a lot, you know? I mean, I don't think I spent an excessive amount of time, probably like 15-ish hours for each week doing this stuff. But there is a lot of like detail-orientated minutia work where every day I am checking the spreadsheet because I have due dates on the spreadsheet to tell me when to do certain things. Otherwise, there's no way you can keep track of all this stuff in your head. Like that's how you mess up bonuses. And so, yeah, staying organized. I think in a future episode, I will share my bank bonus and brokerage tracking sheets if you guys want to use that. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I definitely have some kind of a, a tracking system. But yeah, despite opening all of those accounts, Unfortunately, only like a couple of them actually produced money in February. So things are really well set up for the next few months. And that's sort of how it works with bank bonuses is you kind of have to plan ahead and future you is going to be happy for the things you do today, but you don't necessarily see the rewards right now. And that's sort of why I think I have these periods where 
I'll not have any bank bonuses coming in because I get lazy a couple months before because I didn't plan far enough in advance. Then I go into like full catch up mode where I spend a month just opening every account under the sun that I can find that seems like a good deal. And so that's sort of what February was. But yeah, in terms of like actual cash deposited and received in February, um, I think the final actual tally is unfortunately pretty low. It was the $250 from PSE because it just deposited so quickly. Like as soon as that Capital One $200 hit, the bonus hit the next day. And I'm sad because I think I would have gotten another $250 for my wife's one if they didn't take two weeks to approve the app. But looking forward to getting that other $250 next month. But yeah, the $250 from PSE and then Monify, I got the $25 from doing uh, a savings goal. So $275 total for bank accounts in February. All right, so moving on to brokerages. Hopefully you've stuck with me this far through the slog of bank accounts or you just skipped straight to the section, which is cool too. But brokerages was pretty interesting in February. So let's start with the super easy money I made, which was Titan, which is another fintech app brokerage. They were offering $100 for literally just signing up. So there was no requirements beyond signing up. And I guess it was their like Valentine's Day special thing because that unfortunately has since expired. So I won't spend too long on this, but I opened that for my wife and myself. And it was literally a minute or two of work for $100 in your account. The only weird thing with Titan was in order to cash that $100 out, what they do is they invest that $100 bonus immediately into the Titan fund, which is, I guess, a fund comprised of various S&P 500 stocks that they've picked. But the minimum amount that you can withdraw out of Titan is $100. So if during the time they invested you in that fund, the stock market dropped and you're down to $95, you can't get that cash out. So I was lucky because the market actually went up by a percentage point or two back then. And so I was able to get the money out and I got like $101 out for both my wife and myself. And so that ended up being like a super easy $200. And I'm sad it's expired now, but you never know. It might come back again in the future. Then another pretty interesting thing happened with these fintech app brokerages, which is that someone discovered that there was an app brokerage that let you deposit funds into your account using PayPal key, which is one of the easiest ways of meeting your minimum spend. And so... Yeah, that was awesome because each account had a limit of $5,000 that you could deposit funds on. I essentially ended up opening another Capital One Venture X card for my wife where I referred her and we were able to meet that $10,000 spend between the two of us over the course of a few weeks, which is always pretty great because it's essentially free money. If you're not familiar with things like PayPal key, don't worry, I'm going to cover exactly how to go about doing that and some of the nuances to watch out for when you link your credit card to PayPal key. But, you know, in the interest of just, I guess, keeping this alive for a little longer, because it has been around for over a month now, I think getting close to two months, which is pretty long for things like this. Usually they die off pretty quickly. And especially since this has kind of made the rounds on Reddit and comments on DOC now. But, you know, if you blinked, you might have missed it. And so I want to cover it here. But if you want to see exactly which app I'm talking about, you'll need to go on the dailytrendpodcast.com and 
make an account, which is free. And then if you go to today's episode, there'll be a block that only people with accounts can see. And so that way this doesn't get indexed anywhere and it's not even in the audio part of it. And so hopefully I'm not the one responsible for killing this if it dies soon. But um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. The process really is that PayPal has a thing called PayPal key. And PayPal key essentially is a debit card number that you can link to your credit cards. So with PayPal, you can add your credit cards to PayPal. But sometimes sites will only let you pay with a debit card because they don't want to pay the additional fees that come with accepting credit cards. Like if you're not aware of how that whole banking system works is that when you do a transaction, banks will charge the merchant a fee and the fee they charge the merchant is higher when the customer uses a credit card versus a debit card. And so PayPal's solution to this was creating a thing called PayPal key where PayPal essentially just eats the cost. So like you can link your credit card and then they'll generate a debit card, which then you use that debit card number at let's say Walmart, right? And now when you buy something on Walmart, Walmart is only charged the debit card fee and PayPal is charged the credit card fee, but they're willing to absorb that cost. Or maybe they've negotiated some, you know, sweet deals with these banks and interchanges where those fees are lower for them. But either way, the end result is that you can essentially mask your credit card as a debit card. Sadly, this method got really abused uh, last year for a variety of things. Like people made a ton of money off of this and PayPal is sort of really clamped down. And that's relevant for this because with PayPal key, when you log into PayPal, you might not even see the option to make a PayPal key. Like it'll let you click like get my PayPal key and it'll say that this feature is coming soon. They're still testing it. And essentially that just means they haven't approved your account for a PayPal key. And one of the ways to get your account approved, and thanks to some comments on Reddit, um, some folks discovered this, is that you have someone send you, let's say $5. And when you accept that money, you click the option that says, keep my balance in PayPal. And when you do that, that triggers the PayPal key option to be available to you. So some part of their rules or algorithm has it so that they want to see that you have a balance inside PayPal before they'll offer you PayPal key. It didn't used to be like this, but that is how it is now after they've really clamped down on it. And so if you're not seeing the ability to create a PayPal key, have someone send you $5, accept the money, don't transfer it out, save it as just your balance inside PayPal. Because PayPal, I guess, now sort of functions like a bank account. And then you'll be able to generate a PayPal key, which then you can link to a credit card like the Venture X card. Then the next step is to actually get the app and you can either use like a referral link or you can use a Swagbucks link, which I think right now they're giving like 40 or $50 on Swagbucks for signing up using the Swagbucks link, which I think you can still enter a referral code even when you use the Swagbucks link. So, you know, if you want to give me $3 of stock, I'll, I'll post my referral code on there too. But get the app and the app will let you deposit funds into the brokerage account with a debit card. But because you now have a debit card number through PayPal key that's linked to your credit card, you can use that PayPal key debit card number to reload. And this app specifically lets you do up to $5,000 
on your account. And that's like a lifetime limit. So you're limited to $5,000. That's how much you can sort of, I guess, scale it, which isn't a lot, but the amount of effort required is so minimal compared to how much effort it usually requires to generate $5,000 of spend. So that's all pretty straightforward, I think. But a couple things to keep in mind again with PayPal key. If you've had a PayPal key for a while, like this isn't the first time you're signing up for it, you, you've used it before. It's like a seasoned account that's been around. You can probably load $5,000 in one go. However, if this is a brand new PayPal key, like you just did that workaround that I mentioned to generate your new PayPal key, PayPal will limit you to $1,000 per transaction up to $2,000 per week. So essentially per week, you can load $1,000 times two. So more like $995 times two each week. And then that limit will reset the week after. And so in the case of this app, you can put in $2,000 this week, set a reminder for a week from now, then put in another $2,000. But don't do $2,000 as a single transaction. Do it as like $990 and $995. And so that was discovered through some trial and error, both by myself and other folks on Reddit. Um, in terms of figuring out that limit, because I, I started with 5,000, didn't work, then tried 3,000, didn't work, then tried, I think, 1,500, that didn't work, then tried 500, that did work. And this was before I read the Reddit comments about it, which, of course, someone had already figured out that the $1,000 was the limit. So that would have saved me a bit of time. But another mistake that I had made was I had read some comment that said some of the older PayPal keys weren't working for whatever reason. And so I was like, okay, well, to be safe, I'll just go in and delete my old PayPal key and generate a new one. And you know that scene in Arrested Development where Job is like, I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, that was me a few weeks ago in a nutshell. Because when I deleted that PayPal key to generate a new one, which I thought would be better for this, again, I hadn't read the Reddit comments, I lost the ability to make a new PayPal key. Like now... After I deleted the old key, when I went to create a new one, it said I couldn't make a new one, like the feature wasn't available to me yet. So then that's how I discovered the $5 workaround to get the new key generated. But then, of course, I ran into, oh, new keys have a $2,000 a week limit. So all of that was mildly infuriating because, you know, I, if I just stuck with my old one, it might have just been fine with the 5K in one go. But now, you know, something to keep in mind. If you have an old PayPal key, potentially you could get this all done in one week. So super easy. Method is still alive. Also, if you don't have a card currently that needs spend to use this method on, I would recommend opening a Capital One Venture X card if you haven't already, because Capital One cards, at least the Venture X, you'll get your card number virtually immediately, which is great because you don't have to wait for it to ship. And in my case, I wasn't sure how long this thing would last a few weeks ago when I first tried it. And so I was like, this could die tomorrow and I want my card number immediately, which is why I referred my wife and opened up another one of those. American Express also gives you virtual card numbers, but American Express does not work with PayPal key. That was one of the things people really abused and PayPal key now no longer links to Amex cards. And so again, Capital One, I think seems to be the best bet especially because that VentureX card needs like $10,000 of spend. All right, so moving on to another brokerage that I opened. TradeStation was offering 
$500 for depositing $10,000. I think it's actually tiered, so they'll offer less if you deposit less and offer more if you deposit more. But the tier that I went for, which I thought was the, the most valuable, is just depositing $10,000 and getting that $500, which is a pretty good rate of return. A couple things to keep in mind, though, with TradeStation, which I didn't find out until I did this, is that they don't approve your account until that deposit into their brokerage happens. And they don't make this clear at all because I signed up and scheduled the funding and stuff. And when I logged in, it said my account was pending. So then I was like, well, I don't want to transfer my money, $10,000 worth of it into a brokerage where I haven't been approved for. And so I waited a week or two and, and nothing happened. And I even sent them an email being like, hey, is my account going to get approved at any point? Um, but I think eventually I somehow figured out that like, oh, okay, they just want me to deposit the money first. And the deposit in theory should be the thing that triggers my account to be approved. And lo and behold, that was the case. So as soon as I initiated that $10,000 deposit on the day that it transferred over, my account was approved. So if you're signing up for this account and you log in and everything looks like it's pending and you can't access any of your accounts, they want that deposit to go through before your account's approved. And another thing too is just to veer on the safe side is you should just go in and make one crypto trade. So the account that you're opening is an equities account with TradeStation, but they also have crypto accounts. So just check the crypto and equities account when you open it. I don't even remember if there was an option to uncheck the crypto, but part of the terms mention a crypto trade. It's not really clear if a crypto trade is required, but just to be safe, go in once your money has deposited and just buy something. In my case, what I actually ended up doing was I saw that they were offering 6% interest on the US dollar coin, which essentially USDC is a cryptocurrency coin that mirrors the value of the US dollar. They're offering a 6% interest if you hold money in the USD coin. And so, I mean, I, I might do an episode in the future just on crypto because, you know, it is kind of a, a complex thing to get into here. But the TLDR with USD coin is that like it's not backed by the FDIC. So there is the potential that it becomes uncoupled with the US dollar. Right. So it's supposed to follow the US dollar exactly. But if something crazy were to happen like some kind of black swan event and the market tanked and everyone, all these crypto things were going out of business left and right. Yeah, USD coin may well be decoupled from the US dollar. And so that is the risk you're taking and they're paying you for that risk at a 6% interest rate. And so for me, it was worth it because I, I'm only going to keep that money in there for the 60 or 90 days it takes to get that $500. And so I'm comfortable with that level of risk for three months. But if you're not, then obviously just go in and buy like $10 of some kind of a cryptocurrency like USD coin and you can sell it later. And that satisfies the potential crypto trade requirement. But, you know, real quick on the topic of like interest rate on crypto, there's also like Gemini coin, which is also matched to the US dollar that offers 8%. Now, I don't believe TradeStation offers that coin, but many other exchanges do. And so it's interesting because 8% is, you know, super high. And Gemini seems to be the most legit of these stable coins that match the US dollar. Like it was founded by the Winklevoss twins, which if you don't know, are the two twins that 
created Facebook and then, you know, had that big falling out with Zuckerberg and they made a movie about it. Those twins are really big on crypto and it's the first coin that has been so heavily regulated by design. Like they've submitted everything to be regulated in order to create the appearance or truth that it is actually a stable thing to put your money in, but they're offering 8% there. Or if you use another crypto exchange like Voyager, they're offering 9% on USD coin. And so the interesting part with these is they're a nice alternative to, let's say, HM Bradley, which offers 3%, which is amazing for FDIC insured cash, but have since like really taken a negative turn in terms of uh, all these new requirements they're imposing in order for you to get 3%. And there's also I-bonds through the treasury at 7%, but there's requirements and restrictions there as well. And so the liquidity and the ease of being able to invest in like a stable coin and earn 6, 8, 9% interest on it is appealing, but comes with risks. And I don't know, if people are interested in the future, let me know and I, I can do a dedicated episode on, on crypto. But for now, I have $10,000 in USD coin just to park because I don't foresee USD coin decoupling from the US dollar over the next three months. But again, everyone's level of risk is different. But yeah, that was it for brokerages. So in terms of actual money made, it was just the $200 from the two Titan accounts. So moving on to credit cards, nothing bonus-wise actually posted in February. But in terms of meeting spend, I was able to finish up two Venture X cards, each with a $10,000 minimum spend, thanks to the brokerage thing, as well as a few of these bank accounts having credit card funding as an option. Like Affinity was $1,000. So with both my wife and I, that ended up being $2,000 of spend and Fairwinds. I think I forgot to mention that in the, the bank bonus part, but Fairwinds also lets you fund up to $500 using PayPal. And so you pay with PayPal, but you have your PayPal link to your credit card. You don't need to use PayPal key this time. You literally just use PayPal the regular way and they'll let you fund $500 that way. So times two, that was another $1,000 of spend. We ended up hitting those minimum spends really easily for once. And I also wrapped up spend on a Hyatt business card that I'd opened. And so that will hopefully post sometime in March as well. But for February itself, nothing actually posted on the credit card side of things. So moving on to miscellaneous stuff, there was all kinds of things in this miscellaneous bucket. So um, let's see, starting with meal kits. I'm sure you guys know I'm a pretty big fan of meal kits. Did an episode, I think episode two, just on meal kits. And there's been some pretty good meal kit offers. I think I covered in the last recap that the VentureX card has a bunch of meal kit offers that we're currently eating our way through. Um, but the interesting thing that happened was over President's Day, Rakuten had a double cashback day on a lot of things. And one of those things was a meal kit called Daily Harvest. And essentially, they were giving $37.50 back for your purchase at the Daily Harvest. And that coupled with some other offers that Daily Harvest were offering at the time, and you stacked those, it essentially ended up being that Daily Harvest paid you like 20 bucks to get their meal kit. The nice part with Rakuten is, you know, compared to like a Swag Bucks or my points, Rakuten is consistently reliable in terms of things getting paid out and things getting tracked. And when you have an issue, they have customer support that actually responds. And so, yeah, Rakuten is like the, the gold standard when it comes to cash back. And 
Within a couple hours after buying Daily Harvest, I got the notification that everything tracked and it showed up in my account. Just an amazing process. I mean, if you're not using Rakuten, like you don't have that extension on your browser, just go get it. There's no reason not to have that on all the time. I guess the downside is that it is tracking which websites you visit, but I don't mind that kind of tracking where they track me and then it pops up and tells me how much money I could be saving, you know? So would recommend Rakuten and we use that for the daily harvest. And there was also another deal on Freshly, which is another meal kit. I think they're kind of like the trashier meal kit in the sense that everything is already pre-made. You just have to microwave it. And so, of course, if you're just literally microwaving the food, there's some quality degradations versus cooking it yourself because they have to put a bunch of preservatives and, you know, it's more like a fancy hungry man versus a gourmet thing that you're making. But they had an offer where you were getting $60 back. And because they're on the cheaper side, I think you can get like eight or nine meals for that price. And we were on the cusp of ordering it when the clock turned past midnight on the East Coast and the Rakuten offer dropped back down to $30. It was a good thing we checked because we were like, wasn't this supposed to be $60? But a minute after midnight, it turned to $30. And we were, I guess, a little too slow picking our recipes. So that's just something to keep in mind too, the Rakuten, because I don't know what would have happened if we weren't paying attention where we started the shopping trip at $60 and then we would have checked out at $30 because it was a double cashback special for President's Day. And I guess we had now passed President's Day into a Tuesday. And so unfortunately, we didn't get the Freshly, but we are now eating our way through Daily Harvest as a supplement to all of our other meal kits. But yeah, that was it for meal kits. The cashback, I won't count, even though it's in my account at Rakuten and I can see it, it doesn't get paid out until I think May. So I'll count that Rakuten cashback when I can actually withdraw it to my PayPal account. But one nice thing that did happen with Rakuten is that I did actually get a payout in February from some of the spend I did over Black Friday. And so on my end, I got $161 and my wife got $36 for a total of $197 for Rakuten payouts. And I think it was just regular stuff we were buying over Black Friday. Like we bought some shampoo, we bought some other stuff. And during Black Friday, the cashback bonuses were like pretty high. It was like 10 or 20% for the stuff that we would regularly buy anyway. And I think I mentioned this in the churning fire episode, but we try and stock up on most of our consumable goods during Black Friday, during these massive sales, because they'll offer most things for 25, 30% off, then you stack it with Rakuten. And so it kind of makes sense for us to just buy a whole year's worth of things that we know we need, like shampoo in one go during Black Friday. And that really cuts down expenses. And so that was why the Rakuten payout this month was, was so high is because those Black Friday payments finally came through. And on top of that, we also had Beefrugal, which is like another cashback extension that you can install. It's kind of like Rakuten, but crappier. But sometimes they have better cashback percentages on some things or different vendors will show up. And so again, those are Black Friday expenses that are now finally paying out in February. And so with Beefrugal, I got $29 and P2 got $45 for a total of $74. And so adding up Rakuten and Beefrugal ended up being $271 total for miscellaneous cashback in February. Then a couple other miscellaneous churns came through. 
Visible had a bring your own device offer back in, I think it was like around Thanksgiving, where if you ported in a number, they'll give you $50. And so I did that because I was porting in a number anyway for my wife and it didn't track properly in the Visible app. And it took a few back and forths on Twitter with Visible in order to get that to post, but finally it posted in February because one of the requirements for that $50, which was paid out as a gift card, a Visa gift card, was that you had to have service, active visible service for three months. And so after we had visible service for three months, they just manually added that to our account. But another interesting thing that happened in February was that Visible was offering a $200 bring your own device promotion, which they only ran for a few days. One thing I like to do is I keep burner SIM cards around where at any point I can just activate one of these SIM cards and have a number, like a number with Boost Mobile or Ting or Tello so that I can do these bring your own device promotions. And I did a full episode on, on churning SIM cards if you're curious about how all of that works. But essentially, you can buy these SIM cards for like a dollar each. And so for the cost of a dollar, you now have a number that you can port into Visible. And so in February, I activated and ported one of those numbers in during their $200 promotion. Again, it didn't track properly. And there's a whole slick deals thread of people complaining how it didn't track properly. But I messaged Twitter again and visible on Twitter is actually really helpful. Most companies on Twitter, if you didn't know, you can DM them and they are super helpful on Twitter compared to like trying to call them. And they confirm that after three months, I can message them again and they'll manually add that $200. So that worked out really well because for a dollar, I'm going to get $200 in, in three months. And I know they'll do it because they already did it for the $50 bring your own device that didn't credit properly. And some people will like hit this really hard. I think um, in the milesearnandburn.com end of year recap, I think he mentioned someone who did 100 visible bring your own device promo offers because these bonus SIM cards are really cheap and you need to keep visible service for three months, but visible service is only $25 or cheaper if you have like an American Express business platinum card that knocks another $10 off. Or if you refer yourself or refer other people, it only becomes $5 a month. And so, you know, if you kind of extrapolate that for this offer, the $200 for a bring your own device will cost you a dollar for the SIM card then let's say you open 10 of these and you refer yourself, then service for the first month is only $5. Service for the second and third month is 25, 25. So 55 plus the $1 for the SIM card, $56. So you pay $56 in order to get $200. So you end up making about $150. Then you scale this, let's say 100 times, you essentially make $1,515,000 doing visible bring your own device. So, you know, at some point I'd imagine they, they sort of catch on, but it sounds like people have been scaling this successfully in the past. And so that's a little bit too much work for me. And I didn't have that many burner SIM cards on hand, but I did do it once. In hindsight, I should have used more of my burner SIM cards. I've got like five or six of them laying around uh, to do more of those. But it is what it is, and I did $200, and hopefully that will credit soon. But I did get the $50 in February, so we'll count that towards the tally. And also someone joined Visible using my referral link, and I kind of calculate that value to be about $15 because 
service is $25 and I have an Amex Business Platinum, which credits $10 towards wireless service. So Visible only really costs me $15 a month. So yeah, that one referral plus the bring your own device for $50 adds up to $65 total from Visible in February. All right, so wrapping up February, the final tally. Uh, let's see, we've got $275 for banks across PSE and $25 for Monify. Then there was $200 from brokerages, thanks to Titan, $272 of cashback, thanks to Rakuten and Beefrugal. Then $65 from Visible for a total of $812 in February. Not a bad month. I mean, my goal roughly is to get to $1,000 each month. So a little disappointed that it was under 1000 But at the same time, I opened so many new accounts that I know the future months will make up for the shortfall this month. So overall, I'm happy with the amount of work that went in. And hopefully it means I can cruise a little bit for the next few months, at least in terms of bank bonuses. But yeah, that's it for the February recap. Thanks for sticking with me through this whole thing. I know this turned out to be a longer episode with way more accounts than usual. But again, if you want a full list of these accounts, check them out on the dailychurnpodcast.com. There's also my referral links on there for some of these accounts. Really appreciate it when you guys use the links. It helps a lot. And I try and give a shout out to the folks who use them on the show. And uh, hopefully you guys found this episode helpful, at least uh, gave you some ideas for things you could be churning in March. And uh, yeah, I will be back in a week or two with a full rundown of booking ANA first. So stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening, guys. See ya.